Owlcast, the official podcast of ACS Athens. Listen to the exciting story of the American Community Schools of Athens. Check out what drives all the members of our international community of learners as we create the education of the future. Here's John Papadakis. Welcome to another episode of the Owlcast. With us today is Venigaki, English language instructor to students of other languages at ACS Athens, with studies in linguistics and social studies. In 2007, she embarked on a journey of discovery and language acquisition with the international community of the school. Today, we're discussing teaching English as a second language, how to achieve English language immersion in less than three years, the zoning out and the cultural shock that foreign language students go through, translanguaging as a method to connect with a student, content-based approach to English language acquisition, What's the difference between communicative and academic English? Helping students through the stress, frustration and depression of learning a new language and the idea of feeling at home while learning and using English at school. Virtually every teacher and student who arrives at the gates of ACS Athens has gone through a long journey. It might be a physical journey, geographical trip through countries. It might be an educational journey through many schools and systems. What has been your journey before you decided that this is your home? My journey. I come from a small city in the northwest of Greece called Ioannina. Uh, this is where I was born and raised. I studied classics there. I went to a Greek university. I, my bachelor is in uh, Greek language arts. In the meantime, I decided I, I really enjoyed English. So I was studying uh, English as a second language in, a, in as every Greek child in any city. So I became a certified teacher of uh, teaching English as a second language. And then I did um, a master's degree in applied linguistics that acquired through the Hellenic American University. While I was uh, studying Greek, I actually wanted to teach English. So I started teaching English at a very young age. I came to Athens in the 90s and getting trying to get a job. So I started teaching English as a second language in uh, Greek preparatory schools. Um, and then I was hired at ACS in 2007. So I've been here for about 15 years now, uh, teaching both Greek and English, but uh, as a second language. But uh, for the past, is it nine years, eight years, um, I am an EFL ESL instructor. Why English and not French or some other languages? Because some schools have second languages different than English. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, to tell you the truth, I know. You said you like the language. I like the language. And you know what? This is what comes to mind whenever I say, why English? I, as I said, when I was a child, I went to a prep school, a preparatory school to learn English. And I had this wonderful teacher. I still remember her name. Her name was Tina. 
And I think that she was friends with a former ACS teacher here. <laughs> This was so funny when we found out. So I really like her disposition and the way she approached us and the way and things she would say and the things she would talk. So I was really mesmerized. But I had two loves. Okay, I had two passions. I had a passion for Greek language, um, ancient Greek tragedy and uh, Latin and uh, all that stuff. But I also had a passion for English. So I had I had to find a way to combine both. So there I am. So I think the reason why English is, yes, that teacher mesmerized made me. the difference she made the difference exactly so as journeys go some mm -hmm. are educational as we said before mm -hmm. they're going through schools some are across countries or continents some are across mentalities mm -hmm. however all journeys have a common denominator for us this is language the english language students and their families arrive here to participate in the English language education experience, mm -hmm. the American philosophy of offering options and opportunities and the variety of directions students choose to follow after graduation. Families tend to have a unique language code, as you probably know, some multiple ones, especially the multilingual families. How did your journey prepare you for the capacity to serve as an English as a second language instructor? Mm. This is a very you mentioned before that yeah. it made a difference it did. that it was your second language. It did. It did. It did. Um, it is my second language, but I, I, I think I really have to say something that just struck me when you said that this is a journey, right? That particular teacher made me feel at home. So whenever I receive students coming from different countries, I always think of something I read and it was written by Greg Storty in his, this is a very old book, The Art of Crossing Cultures, where he elucidates the meaning of inclusion in layman's terms. So he said, home where there are no longer foreigners and where no one else is either, where they don't have to think before they speak or act and where they needn't worry again about having to adjust. Mm -hmm. Home where it's easy. So whenever I receive kids, I, I, I have uh, my students in my classroom, I want them to feel safe. I want to make it easy for them. Schools with high academic expectations mm -hmm. must have a way to cope with students with language barriers. How early or how late should a student immerse in the English language to be prepared for the English language curriculum and still be confident that mm -hmm. graduating from the school will bring them closer to attend successfully the college or university of their choice? For starters, we have the EFL program. We're talking about an English foundation course that lasts two years. It is known that if someone is studying a foreign language, they need about five to eight years to actually be fully prepared and be considered to be fluent speakers of the language. However, what we're trying to do here at ACS is to make things easy, to be fast and efficient. So in sixth and seventh grades, we do accept students with zero proficiency of English where they are taught both the language and content. You see, a foreign language, a language is, is like a building. You build on blocks. You build it slowly, gradually. And then after two years, 
after having taught both the language and the content, they are ready to be uh, mainstreamed in regular classes. As a school, we have a very unique approach to uh, assist and to help uh, students of non-native English speaking skills. There are other techniques out there that have to do with, you know, just put them in the classroom and they're going to figure it out. They're going to do some extra work at home or get a teacher mm. or some stuff like that. What is so unique about the approach that we have in the ESL, EFL program? This is a very interesting question. We, we are very proud of our program, first of all, because really it is unique. First of all, um, we see our students individually and then we level our students. So language acquisition has to do with levels. Um, just because I am 12 years old and 13 years old and I have no English in my background, it does not mean that I'm grade one, that I am a grade one uh, as a reader. I belong to grade one. It does not work that way. It has to do with levels. So we have from beginners to advanced. What we have done in the program is we have aligned the European framework and the American framework, the WIDA, with our own framework, the ACS. So in other words, if we have a beginner's level in within the CFR, which is a beginner's level within the WIDA framework, this is an EFL1 student for us, which means that uh, the student has zero to little English. Now, if a child went to any prep school or any other school, yes, they might acquire the communicative part of the language, but they would fall behind with the academic part of the language. In, in any language, there's a communicative, there's communicative language and academic language. What we're trying to do is build up on those skills and those academic skills by exposing them to both the language and the content. So in other words, we have combined the CLIL methodology, the content language integrated learning methodology with content-based instruction and language. So you mean to tell me a student who knows no English can do biology or Definitely. history? Yes, they are. They are exposed to social study, to the curriculum we teach in the in the middle school. So when so this when is a not, sixth, this, so this is not a modification of the academics in the sense. No, 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 no. You're this doing is just an accommodation. Exactly, we are accommodating to meet the needs of the particular students. In other words, sixth and seventh graders who might be accepted into the EFL one, EFL two program, EFL program in general, um, they are exposed to material. Let's say social studies, because I teach social. I'm a big fan of social studies. Uh, I'm a certified social studies teacher because of my degrees. So I teach the content, but in a simplified manner. So I want to make my content accessible to my students. So we start with glossary. We start with words. We, we start with high frequency words that usually come up within the social studies discipline. Uh, and they learn this vocabulary. They put this vocabulary, they apply this vocabulary in written output, in oral output. Um, they are exposed to basic concepts of social studies in simpler language, but the content is there. So whatever is the curriculum is in sixth grade, 
This is what I teach my students as well. Is it ancient civilizations? Yes, we are doing Egypt, the Fertile Crescent, um, ancient Greece, the Roman Empire. We do Chinese history. But another parameter is not the linguistic aspect. It's also the cultural aspect because we make connections. We try to connect if a child, for instance, has been in, an, in a different schooling, in a different edu in educational system, and is not aware of what is going on in the West, because identity and culture is another parameter, they need to be, to be able to make some kind of connections and activate their schemata. In other words, to make them understand that this is how things are connected. So we do... Um, emphasize on the cultural aspect as well. And we teach and they learn the, the curriculum, the material with it from the social studies units and history. Uh, but they also make connections to their history as well, to their uh, curriculum, to their knowledge. You are listening to The Owlcast, the official podcast of ACS Athens. So there have been numerous students that went through your guidance and instruction through your years at ACS. Mm -hmm. uh, do you remember a case which was most challenging? <laughs> I'm not going to say challenging. difficult. I'm going to say challenging. Challenging. Well, the most challenging cases are the cases where when students arrive here with low proficiency of English, you are not really aware of the difficulties they might encounter. So you are not really... Because you might see a student who zones out, a student who is who feels depressed, a student who feels frustrated, a student who and you and you cannot make a valid diagnostic assessment to see if this child has a learning difficulty or it is just a cultural shock that this particular child is going through. I had students, for instance, who have thrived, thrived in the academy, and uh, now they're studying at college and all. But I remember when they came to me as EFL students who said, Miss, I would vomit every day. I would vomit every day. And this was because of stress, because the cultural shock was so intense that they couldn't handle it. So they would go back home. And I remember once a, one boy, he told me, I don't know, miss, if it was food poisoning, but I'm pretty sure it was stress. <laughs> so for a week, they would vomit every single day because of stress. But that was the cultural shock. I had another student, though, who would zone out, who would fall asleep. And you could see the anger in the eyes of this child. And we could sense that there was something more there that, that we were dealing with. The child became violent and it was not the cultural shock, but that particular child had learning difficulties that with which she could not cope. So if you have learning needs, mm -hmm. learning differences. D learning differences. Le this learning is differences. this is the right, yes. You think that it might be uh, a much more difficult situation to cope with on the child's perspective or from the teacher's perspective as you try to, uh, to help them go through with the language, a new language? I really feel, um, having been in this position for quite a long time now, um, when a child is dealing with a learning difference, 
and has not acquired the first language well, it is difficult for the child to acquire the second language. However, what we try to do at ACS, at least in the EFL ESL program, because of the fact we cannot make a secure assessment, a valid assessment for these kids because of the language barrier. But being experienced teachers, we feel, we sense, we observe certain things that we feel something is there. So what we do is if I have to break the material once for one for an EFL or an ESL child, for that particular child, I will break it down even further. I will color code the material. I will break it down. I will emphasize. I will use simpler words and all that. Still, we cannot be certain with their progress. We do everything that is possible but there, there's a whole system. There are a lot of stakeholders that need to work towards um, the progress of that particular child. And this is, yes, the teacher, first of all, the child per se, <laughs> and the parents. We need to have the cooperation of the parents. They need to be collaborative. The golden triangle. The golden triangle, exactly. So uh, is it part of your approach to put yourself in their shoes Always. How, how does that make you feel? I remember a story you had told me a few mm. years ago about a kid that you had to learn a little bit of his language. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, yes, 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 yes. Um, there was a child. I was at the elementary school back then. I was an ESL teacher at the elementary school and um, I had fourth graders. So in November, I received a child from Israel whose uh, proficiency of the language was zero, zero, um, no alphabet. He could not decode. He could not, uh, he had no reading skills. Uh, he couldn't even say good morning in English. I mean, sometimes fourth graders, they, they are, you know, familiar with the language. They say hello, they say this, they say that. But that particular child knew nothing, zero. It was a, a blank page. I remember him crying over my shoulder for like two months in a row and I would pumper him and it's okay to pumper our kids a bit. It's, 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 it's nice and spoil him. And then I said, okay, listen, um, I want you to teach me your language. Um, I didn't know back then that this is actually a methodology that is quite recent called translanguaging. So translanguaging was something that I applied several years ago, but I didn't know at the time that this was it. Um, so I, I asked him to teach me his language. So he started, we had pictures and I, I started showing him the pictures and he would write the Hebrew word and I would write the English word and I would make him uh, say the word out loud and he would make me say the word out loud. So he felt more comfortable using, um, shifting actually to his own language. So then I said, okay, pick one of the books that you like from the bookshelves. And he was into dinosaurs and he picked the one about dinosaurs and he kept that book forever. That particular child with the parents' help as well, because it was the parents who also were, who were also on board. I mean, the I, I remember the mother who was really desperate and, he's, and she was crying, my, my son will never be able to learn English, but I, I, I wanted to calm her down and I wanted to comfort her. So that particular boy in sixth grade, after he graduated from sixth grade, he went back to Israel and he was considered to be a native speaker of the language. 
But the parent also pl- played a very important yes, role yes, in this. Yes, yes, and the the parents when the parents are really are supportive, and they really understand that the teacher is there to help their child, uh, then I think this is the best combination ever, the golden triangle. So, since we're talking about parents, what advice would you give to a family, a non-English speaking family? Don't stress your uh, your no. children. <laughs> Don't put stress on your children. Yeah, that happens after they come here. What I'm saying is for <laughs> someone who's considering changing to the English-speaking curriculum, to the English language, and they say, well, would my children be able to cope? Would they be able to make it? Uh, what kind of advice would you give those uh, parents? I would tell them... For starters, if they wish to bring their child to um, to an English-speaking school, to ACS, they need to understand that they have to work with us. The child also needs to understand that he or she, the student, will have to drive away from the mentality and uh, the practices he or she used to um was used to in other words there was um in other educational systems for instance there's a lot of memorization so the parents should understand that this is not a place where we ask our kids to memorize i ask my kids my students to actually apply their knowledge so if they have to learn vocabulary let's say words i'm not going to ask them to learn them by heart i'm not going to ask them to memorize 30 or 60 words from the dictionary or the text, I will ask them to pick the words they want, to choose the words they want from the word bank, the words that sound better to them, the words that they are attracted to, let's say, to discover the meaning. We will discover the meaning together by scaffolding the texts and all, and then apply it in written output, both in oral and written output, because this is how you learn a language, by actually applying it. And and what's the message you have for your new students? You have every year, we have new students coming in, and most of them, sometimes, uh, they need support in English. Do not So about the anxiety that they feel, the unknown. Yes. Anxiety is the most important obstacle, the most serious obstacle in language acquisition. A teacher needs to understand that he or she plays the role of a host sometimes who will have to entertain their kids, uh, their students. So in order for the teacher to be able to alleviate their stress, we do not want our kids to have stress. Otherwise, this will impede learning. Ms. Gaiki, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. Thank you, Mr. Papadakis, for having me here. You are listening to The Owlcast, the official podcast of ACS Athens. Make sure you subscribe to The Owlcast on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. This has been a production of the ACS Athens Media Studio. (laughs) 